This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DSW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Fuzzy Grant. And on the on the line from Oxnard, California, is our old pal David Moore. Hello, David. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Well, we're doing great. Uh, just to give you a visual here, Evan hasn't shaved in like two months or something. Uh, he's kind of going for a new look, and it's kind of uh, a little disconcerting, but, you know, that's all right. Uh, he well, wants to do that. As long as he has his shirt on, I guess that's <laughs> I'll take that. I, I appreciate that visual. Give me that now. Uh, I had to <laughs> contemplate that in my. I'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming, thinking about that. But anyway. <laughs> so, David, uh, any uh, any Zeke sightings out there in Oxnard? Uh, no, I'm not in Cabo, so I've not uh, actually <laughs> seen Ezekiel Elliott. Well, but, they've... Uh, not yet, and I think, uh, I think uh, we should probably uh, dig in for a while. I don't think this is going to be a short one. Really? So you think he's going to go past the August the 6th, which would be the date he would lose time toward accruing free agency, right? Yeah, because the, the more talking to people and, and you look at that date, that date is significant if you're about to become a free agent and, and you want some latitude going forward. He's holding out because he wants to deal uh, at least, uh, um, you know, in length, if, if not financially. And, and I, we can get into this more, but I believe the indication is probably he wants more financially than Gurley. But, you know, he, he's sitting out because he wants a long-term deal. So if he stays past August 6th and he only accrues three years towards free agency at the end of this, if he gets a four-year deal tacked onto his rookie deal, that's going to take him well beyond that anyway, and it's not going to factor in. So, um, you know, is it something you would prefer to have? Yes. Is it something that's crucial, and if you have to give it up in your mind to make a point, uh, I don't think he'll have any problem giving that up. Well, that's interesting, you know, because we have talked about exactly what uh, he was thinking in all of this. I think, uh, it, and probably wasn't something I read that you wrote recently, um, was uh, probably what he's trying to do here uh, is maximize uh, what he feels like there's an uptick in attitudes about running backs across the league because of some of the contracts we've seen because of Todd Gurley's contract in particular uh, and maybe a little bit of appreciation. And now is the time to strike to get that. And, of course, I'm sure what he's thinking also is that, hey, I'm, I'm a running back and they get hurt in this league. And if uh, And after this year, if I get hurt, uh, my value is not going to be the same as it is right now. And he knows that the Cowboys 
feel like they're on the precipice of a Super Bowl run, or at least they're going to be in contention for something like that, why not do this now? Yeah, I think uh, you know him and his representatives have, have determined, and naturally so, that, that he is central uh, to this team's offensive identity and their success. This is just not a guy who gets a lot of yards as part of the offense. The whole offense is predicated off of his ability to get yards even when they're not there to get. So uh, he, he's the building block of this offense. And, um, you know, I, again, I think he sits back and he looks at the landscape. Uh, Gurley got his done three years into his rookie deal, got his extension. I think he feels he wants his now. But, you know, the, the way this has proceeded to this point, and no one's given me hard and fast figures, but, I, you know, my belief is, if this was about, I think Gurley signed, what, four years for $58.5 million. If this was about just getting, topping Gurley, uh, you know, if this was about four for 59 or maybe even four for 60, uh, depending on how it's structured, I, I think there's a, a pretty good chance he would be in camp right now. The fact he's not in camp, the fact he's in Cabo, the fact Jerry Jones goes when he's making his uh, – uh, TV rounds on the first Sunday of camp and, and tells the station that you don't need a, a, a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Uh, the fact that within hours after uh, word comes out that, that uh, Elliot's on his way to Cabo, the Cowboys re-sign Alfred Morris, who they had a couple of years ago, to come back uh, to training camp. I, I, think this is, uh, I think this is a pretty strong indication that they're not close, and if they're not close, that means he, he wants well beyond four years for $58.5 million. Do you think that Zeke will stay in Cabo for the entirety of his holdout? Because that's really all I care about. <laughs> well, well, you want to stay with him? Is, is that the deal? I, I just well, These are important things. <laughs> well, would you leave Cabo before you had to? Well, I mean, there could be a music festival somewhere. Well, they, they have music on the islands, too, I believe. But, uh, you know, it's tough to say. Like I said, I think, you know, that is where he went to train um, during his suspension. Uh, there are also questions about how good a shape he was in when he came back off of his suspension, but that's another issue. Uh, but, you know, I, I think his representative has a, has a place down there, and they, they were actually going to, I think another player was going to go down and train with them, but he was signed yesterday. So uh, this is their getaway training facility where uh, Rocky Arsenault takes, like, some of his clients. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how long they'll be there. Uh, if if training camp breaks here, like I said, it, it, it really doesn't matter where you train as long as you're training and you're staying in shape. But, but I will say the optics aren't good. And, and if you want to go back in Cowboys history, I think, I think Cowboys fans have issues with Cabo that go well beyond Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think it goes back to the, uh, the trip that Tony Romo, uh, Bobby Carpenter, and Jason Witten took uh, before the playoff game against the Giants. So I, I think the Cabo connotation. Uh, How about those Cowboys? Oh, my god! Really gosh. isn't working in the favor of uh, Elliott at this point. Uh, David, I'm sorry. I want to apologize on behalf of my colleague here in the studio who just blurted out, how about those Cabos? 
know. We just we overlook that because we don't want to encourage that sort of behavior. Oh, no kidding. You know, just as a little sidebar, how come Jason Witt never took any flack for that trip to Cabo and, and Tony Romo absorbed all that? Well, um, he, one, he's, he's not the quarterback, <laughs> you know, so I think that lessened the hit. Two, uh, Bobby Carpenter wasn't the player many thought uh, he was going to be given where he was drafted, so I think it was easier to dump on him. And then, and then you see how Jason Witten comports himself and, and how seriously he takes his job and, and his day-in and day-out approach. I just think over time, uh, you know, that is something that has really stuck to the other two more than him. Uh, but it's still there. I, I remember, uh, you know, going into playoffs a couple of years ago, uh, I actually got him off to the side and talked to him about it. And he wouldn't come, even then, he wouldn't come out and say it was a mistake, he shouldn't have done it. But he said he understands it wasn't a good look. And when you're younger, sometimes you don't. Uh, take those things into consideration the way you should. So uh, even now he has a hard time admitting that and kind of being tied to that, which I found interesting. Yeah. I think what we've learned since, uh, and not that we didn't know this before about Tony Romo. Would Cozumel be better? No, Cozumel would not be better. Would have, no. Cabo's really nice. I mean, like, It's on the Pacific side for one thing. It's closer to Ox, Foxnard. Foxnard. It is closer to Foxnard uh, than the Cozumel would be. So that's good. Um, How about, yeah, yeah I, I will say this whole narrative that some people are trying to push that, oh, no, this makes perfect sense because Elliot would now be closer to Cabo, so if a deal is done, he can get there immediately. And it's all, it's, it, This it's, guy went from Vegas to a camp time. overnight. <laughs> yeah. He's He's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, Jerry, um, Jerry could always send the pork chopper for him. You know what would be a bad uh, – let me just say this. You know what would be a bad look what? in terms of going somewhere in Mexico? Two things. Yeah. One, um, Isla de Mujeres. That would be a bad look. Um, <laughs> because then people would think he's down there on an island full of women. First of all, he's not on an island. He's there on the mainland. Cabo is right there on the mainland. No, Isla de Mujeres <laughs> is an island. Yeah. It's off. It's, oh, you're saying if he was there. Okay, right. As okay. opposed to Cabo. I, yeah. I mean, Cabo is it's close to Oxnard. So clearly he could be there within an hour or two. You have derailed this conversation. I just. Why is everything so complicated? I know. You just want life to be simple, don't I, you? I, I would. I would like for sports to be a little bit more simple than they are. Wow. Well, you know. That's just not the way life is. It's really okay. All right, so so Alfred Morris. The Alfred Morris signing really intrigues me. Uh, Why? Because, David, first of all, I'm not sure. What, who who was Alfred playing for last year? Um, well, he went through, wasn't it, uh, San Francisco? I think he may have been with San Francisco for a while. Uh, that might be right. Uh, Evan's going to look that up. Evan's looking it up right now. You know, when Alfred Morris was here, to me this is just the ultimate – this is what we think of, 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 of this deal. Yeah, this is the ultimate of what we think about this deal. Zeke, we're bringing back the guy that we replaced you with last time. You know, it's it's like they didn't go. They, I guess they, they could have gone back and gotten Demarco Murray out of retirement. Uh, but this is really uh, funny to me that they would decide to do this. Uh, how much of it is just? The, I guess it's it's ninety nine percent just the familiarity, right? Sure, and I mean he was. Uh... 
actually he was visiting uh, New Orleans, and uh, it appears he was ready to sign with New Orleans when Dallas called up and said, well, uh, we should get him back here. And, and he did come back here because he's familiar with this system. Uh, he knows the people here, and uh, it, it was a good fit for him. You know, they did this, one, to send a message. Two, um, the running backs here don't have much, if any, experience. Uh, you know, you have two rookies and uh, Darius Jackson, a guy who's bounced around the league with different teams, I think four different teams now, but on uh, practice squads. So you don't have anyone with any regular season NFL experience and you know i just think they wanted to uh get someone in here and, and there again their questions are uh you know and they'll have to see it from weber but again uh the way this offense is built they they want a guy uh a power runner on first and second down and and uh pollard's not bad and darius jackson's really not bad so now you're down to strictly your seventh-round pick, and, and are you willing to go into the season doing that if this prolongs? So it, it was insurance. But, again, I, I point you the fact that what do we talk about when, when running and, – and this is why the position is devalued. When running backs get older, uh, they really decline. Their production really declines. So now you go back and you, and you get an older running back to bring in um, – to, to kind of prop you up uh, and give you some insurance with this uh, Ezekiel Elliott holdout. I have I have a question, David. Um, you said it sends a message that, that this signing sends a message. What ex- what exactly is the message? Well, I mean, if if, if you're now, Zeke's camp, what is if you're Zeke's camp? Uh, if you're down there at Camp Cabo, what is the message you're receiving? Well, I think they're sitting there going, "Well, look, they're just, they're just doing this. We're, you know, we can't take this seriously. There's a huge drop off between this. Morris hasn't been a, a down in, down out back for for four years. Um, but it lets them know that you know what, um, we're just going to keep going on here. We at least have somebody who can cover some." Um, carries here and if we need to go out and get somebody else maybe we'll do that too we'll just we'll keep bringing guys in here now again this is where this is this is part of the game they're sitting there and go fine well bring these guys in and you're bringing in an older back so what if you bring him in and then he has a hamstring issue and then he misses a couple of weeks of camp then what have you done uh you just help our bargaining power so um i think you know i think elliot's camp now says fine uh you you fired a shot uh let's see how this plays out but i think the cowboys are going well this this gets another body in camp uh if some of these younger guys aren't ready we can divide the snaps and uh this is a veteran guy that that players here have confidence in and you'll hear players after the end of camp saying oh yeah alfred morris looks good he did this he did that it's nice to have him back and you just try to it's just part of the the negotiating game where you try to chip away at the other person's stance and and, and confidence and resolve as far as uh, uh, how long you're going to stay out. Let's go back and look at uh, what happened in 1993 when Emmett Smith held out and the Cowboys went 0-2 in that start. And after, I guess, the second loss, that's when uh, Charles Haley famously bashed into a 
the locker room wall and said, we can't win with this rookie running back. At that time it was Derek Lassick. Uh, Lassick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a rookie from Alabama. And uh, and I'm wondering how much, because it's the same general manager uh, in place now as it was then, how much of, of, of going out and getting a guy like that, like Alfred Morris, who's a veteran, who's played here before and done this kind of thing, uh, to keep it from being the same kind of situation, especially with the other with his teammates, to be able to say, yeah, you know what, yeah, we we're not crazy about going into the season with Mike Weber uh, or Darius Jackson or Tony Pollard as our starting running back, but Alfred Morris, we can we can live with that uh, for a while anyway. Yeah, I, I think that I think that does factor into it. And actually, uh, Charles Haley was out here yesterday when this move was made. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe they discussed it. But. Uh, um, yeah, I think they're. I, I think you're exactly right. You know, everyone falls into patterns, and, and you remember things. And I think, while both sides certainly hope it doesn't reach that, uh, you know, the fact he did this, uh, I think the Cowboys have to go. Okay, uh, we're going to try to get this resolved, and we think we can. But what if we don't? And you can't continually you, look. There have been uh, there have been some very strong messages sent by management and coaches and the players this year without actually bragging or coming out or and saying it, but but there's a, a persistent feeling around here that this team is built uh, to win now. Certainly Jason Garrett uh, not having a, uh, his contract extended plays into that. So there there is a sense of urgency that, you know, we can't just continue to be one of the best young teams in the league uh we have to get past the second round. We have to show that we truly are one of the best young teams in the league and, and, and built to do more. And, and there's a sense uh, that it needs to take place this year. So you can't continually say that and then let the core identity of your offense just sit out in Cabo and, and not be a part of this thing and, and not address it in a serious manner. So I, I think uh, – Again, we can we can argue about how serious of a manner they addressed it by bringing back an older running back in, in Alfred Morris, but uh, they did address it for now. They'll they'll go along in camp for the next uh, week, ten days, and they'll we'll see how this plays out for both sides. So I want to bring up something you kind of hinted at the very first. There, are you saying that Jason Garrett is going to hold out here since his <laughs> last year of his contract? I was saying uh, that that would be interesting as well, wasn't it? If he if he got up to the uh, regular season opener and said, uh, "If I don't get a deal by the regular season opener, uh, I'm going to hold out." I think he I, would. My, my my sense is talking to Cowboys fans, they would not be bothered by that prospect, but I don't see it unfolding that way. No, no, I, I think that Chris Richard might be the, next, the the head coach for the opener if that were to be the case. Uh, if he would try to pull that, <laughs> I thought it was interesting the other day when Jerry was asked at the press conference about, well, what is it that Jason would have to do uh, to keep his job? That he was very coy instead uh, started started saying things like, "I can't hear what you're saying." I'm just wondering how that went over with uh, with uh, Jason Garrett, uh, the the general manager and owner, uh, kind of uh, making light of the situation. Well, it was a very awkward moment since they were sitting right next to each other. <laughs> uh, All right, so uh, but well, can you let David finish the answer there? Uh, yeah, Evan. Yeah, because I've got a follow up, and I don't want to lose my train of thought. Go ahead, <laughs> David. Go ahead. Jason, 
but Jason often looks a little awkward in all settings, especially when he's sitting next to Jerry and Jerry's cutting up. And, and uh, yeah, he uh, does. Jason is a bit more the reserved type. So uh, Jason just kind of got that glazed over look on his face <laughs> again, uh, pasted on the smile and uh, looked straight ahead, which is uh, which is really kind of what he's going to be doing this season. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. All right, so for both of you, what the – oh, were you fixing a cuss on our – what should Jerry have said? What should have been said as a response to that answer? What should your, What does your coach need to do to keep his – your coach is sitting right there. What does your coach need to do to keep his job? No, I think what most – what, what most, do you do? What most GMs or owners would say is, I don't want to go into the you know specifics of those things. I like the direction we're going. That's what they say. They don't make a joke out of it. They don't go, oh, uh, I didn't hear your question. You know that that's when when a guy is making light of the situation and you're laughing about the guy's future, essentially, that's that's probably not the way that the. But if the guy is la- look, if the guy is laughing about it at that point in time, is he not saying? Your question doesn't deserve an answer. No, he's not saying that at all. Oh, I, I disagree. I disagree. With that. You don't know Jerry Jones. I'm telling you something, David. If I'm the, not saying that Jerry's question, I'm not saying that Jerry's committed to Jason Garrett in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying, how is somebody supposed to answer that question, David? You don't. Well, first of all, I want to say this in journalism 101. We don't preempt our questions because we don't think someone's going to, to, I'm just, uh, but to I'm, answer I, them but, but easily. In Journalism 101, they also didn't teach us that, look, every t- everything you write, then there's going to be a show about it tomorrow <laughs> in which they dissect every answer that somebody gave you. So I'm asking David now, David, what should you, how should Jerry have answered that question? Well, he answers it in other ways, and what you do is uh, – I came back a couple of questions later and said, well, you know, this, this is a team that has uh, won the division title in two of the last three years. It has reached the second round of the playoffs in two of the last three years. What are your expectations for your for this season? What would be a successful season in your mind and your expectations going into this year? To which then he said, well, you know, I think this team is better than what we've had. I think that because it is better, it should either, A, have a better record during the regular season than it had last year, or, two, uh, get farther in the playoffs than it did last year, or both. So he's telling you right there what he expects Jason Garrett to do in order to come back. Yeah. Right you, don't there, have to draw, Kevin. you don't have to draw the direct line. I mean, that, that he made it, in my mind, he made it pretty clear when answering what the expectations were for this team uh, earlier. And, and again, you can't, you can't continually get to the same point uh, with the same uh, infrastructure and keep going out at the same point in the postseason and say, okay, well, we didn't do it in – year eight but we'll do it in year nine okay we didn't do it in year nine but we'll do it in year ten uh if you're convinced that you have the personnel in place there is only one place to turn based on the contracts they are giving out now based on the success they've had in the draft there is only one place left to turn right and and my point with all of this is david i you know i think did you have a point yes I, i my point in all of this is that I do think sometimes it's there's some 
there's some responsibility on us to have some nuance to the question. And you, in, in, in all due respect, you cut off all of the escape routes for Jerry there and forced him to a- actually answer the question. I think sometimes we basically throw that, talk about what your coach has to do to keep his job, you know, and it makes it easy for somebody to say, you know, I'm not going to answer this question. I, I, I do think sometimes the responsibility falls on us to say, hey, these are the circumstances, and let's lay all this out here, and I'm asking a serious question, and I expect a serious answer. And I think well, David I, I got think, that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, I think a lot of times people – and look, because you have so much information and you want it fast and you want to, you want it as clear as possible, I think we all kind of fall into the habit of, well, let's do, do the direct link, ask the direct question, get the answer, and then the thing is, though, when you get that answer, if there's no nuance to it or, or you don't piece it together, people are just going to fall into camps where, oh, well, well, he said this, so what, what more can do you need him to say about it? Or you go, well, that's BS. We know that's not what he really believes. Right. Well, so so that's why you kind of have to pick away at the edges and 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 ask questions. Hopefully, that get to the core issue without being directly related to the core issue. And then you put those together and you say, okay, this is this is what the thinking is. This is what's needed. But the problem with that is, uh, it's. It takes time to explain that or frame all of that information in context. Absolutely. And uh, uh, you, you can't do it in a tweet. You can't do it in an Instagram post. Uh, it, it requires more. And some people are at a level of fandom where they don't want more. They just want a quick hit. Right. And, that, and that's fine. I mean, that's great. But um, you can't explain... Uh, a, a lot of these dynamics in a in a quick hit or a soundbite or or a tweet it takes a little bit more, but people also have to so so it's there. I mean, people who want more can get more. People who just want to follow it casually and just have a uh, a visceral knowledge of it because they're following other things and, and they're busy. Well, that's fine too. But that doesn't mean just because some people want it on one level, you don't give it to them on another level. All right, now that, that Evan has cleared up journalism class, I'd like to get down to specifics again of what sports – let me just ask a sports question. Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Are they buyers or sellers? Go ahead. Uh, ask your question. Yeah. No, my, my, here's my question. Here's the thing. Here's what I get from readers all the time writing about Jason Garrett and, Jason, and Jerry Jones is that, oh, that's his, that's his third son. He didn't want to get rid of him. You know, he'll keep him forever You know, because he's the only guy who will put up with him. And I'm, I am – in the camp that that when he sits there right next to Jason Garrett and says that kind of thing, he is he is putting uh, the the burner under uh, Jason's butt. And I and I do I do believe, and I think you believe this, David, that if they don't reach the NFC Championship game this year, bar- barring any you know huge disasters like you know Dak Prescott going down or you know a lot of injuries or something like that. Barring any kind of things like that happen, and all things being equal, if they go into the postseason this year, just like they did last year, without with all their ducks in a row, if they don't make the NFC Championship game, I believe that he will fire Jason Garrett. Oh, I do too. Um, and, and I think, again, that's the and, – and look, part of it is he does want this to work, and he did circle back later, 
and you know Jerry realized what he did earlier, and then later he was like, oh. Um, look, I think everyone knows I've said this before. All of y'all have written it uh, or broadcasted. We, you know, I want this guy sitting next to me. Uh, I want this guy, you know, next to you know, sitting next to me for a long, long time. The rest of the way, I'm convinced like he's the right guy. But you, it's just like a player. You can be convinced a player is who you want, but after X number of games, you go, you know what? Uh, we've seen the best this guy can do, or, or he's not. Uh, he was good. Uh, he he got us to a point, but he can't get us any farther. And, and that's how uh, the Jones family is viewing Jason Garrett this year. I mean, these are look his his imprint is all over this program, uh, from the the kind of guys they draft to the culture. Uh, and and there are a lot of positive things about what he's done. And this franchise is is certainly in better shape now uh, than when he took it over. And it's also built to last, which is which when he took it over, it, it wasn't uh, at that point either. So there, there are, you know, I think the Jones family is indebted to Jason Garrett and what he's done for this franchise on on many levels. All of that being said, if you go into year twenty four and you haven't reached, you know, gone past the second round of the playoffs. And, and, and look, go and look. they've gone about this in different ways, too. Like I said, you know, they've won the division two of the last three years and three of the last five um, and hadn't gotten past the second round in any of them. And they've lost in different ways, but they, they lost as the number one seed at home uh, to Green Bay two years ago, which was a great opportunity for them. Um, in fact, you go back and you look at them, I think they've lost more games as the number one seed over the last 10 years than any team. Uh, now, not all of that's on Garrett, but that's part of the culture you're trying to escape. And then last year, uh, remarkable comeback from like some, uh, some personnel missteps uh, that the front office had about where you were a receiver. You recovered from three and five, win the division, make the playoffs, beat a good Seattle team, and then you're not the score was not indicative of how competitive that loss to the Rams was. Uh, the Rams dominated them from start to finish. And that had to be very discouraging for them as well. So, uh, you know, they just didn't go out in those second round last year. They weren't really close to winning that game, regardless of what the score looked like. So um, they feel that, look, uh, have we hit our ce- – I mean, it's a legitimate question. Have we hit our ceiling with Jason Garrett as a coach? And the reason he doesn't have an extension this year is because this is the final year on that referendum to determine whether or not they have. Yeah, I, I think that there are plenty of uh, reasons to believe that uh, Jerry is in a season now where he feels like uh, I want to see, I want to see real, I want to see different results. He, he he's on record as saying that, and I think he, you know, one of the things that we you you mentioned was the kind of organization that that Jason Garrett has has helped put together here for them, and and there's there's no question uh, about that. Uh, but there's also no question about the, the way they've been able to draft with Will McClay in charge of uh, of the draft, and I think that has also emboldened Jerry. I think Jerry feels like you know what. You know, it didn't take. It's not rocket science to look back and see what happened to this organization after, after uh, uh, you know Jimmy Johnson left. It's it's the fact that they drafted so poorly. It's not so much the coaching. 
is the fact that the personnel was not good. They were no longer having drafts where they were finding two and three starters in each draft, and in some of those cases, finding Hall of Famers uh, in those drafts. That, that For about 10 years there, they went without any real impact players. Maybe uh, just a couple, a DeMarcus Ware uh, would be an, an obvious example of a guy that, that was different from what they were doing. But there was just a long time without any of that happening. Well, in the last six or seven drafts, we've seen the Cowboys do much better. Uh, they've returned, if, if not quite to the level that they, they showed in the early 90s, it's at least a competitive enough that they've been able to build – one of the best young rosters in the NFL. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure where they rank in age this year, David. I don't know if you have that kind of figure at your disposal, but they were certainly one of the two or three youngest teams in the league last year. And when you have a, a team that has a, the, the, the personnel is that young, it's coming off a 10-6 and six season, it's coming off a, a you know, second round in the playoffs, there's every reason to believe that there is a future here, that this team is, is – trending up and I think that Jerry thinks all of those things and I think that's why he, he that's what puts more pressure on Jason is that this is a team that should be going up you know it's not an older team that peaked and now it's going to start heading downhill this team the the arc should be pointing upward on it and I think that that's what puts all the pressure on Jason sure and, and they were second last year Indianapolis had the youngest team uh, we'll see how it shakes out this year, but you know my anticipation be they'll still be one of the probably in the top seven or eight youngest teams in the league uh, this year. I don't know anyone else has undergone a dramatic uh, makeover that would would change that. Uh, maybe you know three or four in the, as far in terms of youth. But yeah, that, that's exactly right. Now, now let's take this. We're talking about this now. Let's take this to the end of the season and start talking about that. Okay, if they don't get past the second round again, if they don't show progress this year, well, Jerry and Stephen Jones sit there and they go, okay, we've now had four seasons with this nucleus intact, with Dak Prescott and uh, Ezekiel Elliott, this offensive line, with Demarcus Lawrence, with uh, the guys we put in place on defense, and younger defenders coming up. And what has this group done? Four years, and it hasn't gotten past. It hasn't shown any progress from what it did in year one. And that's how you will look at it. You will say this team is no closer to a title now than it was four years ago. And then you say we can't continue to squander. Our youth is only going to be an asset so much longer. You know, we're, we have to strike now. I think he's rhyming. So, so that's why something will be done. That was like that was like Jerry's rap. We can't squander. What was I can't remember what you said. It's something about the no longer. Can't squander. No longer. Or else we're gonna go yonder. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. Nobody's gonna be fonder. Yeah. Evan, do you have any other journalism hey, questions you'd like y- to ask? Yonder's a big word in the hip hop genre. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gives us time to ponder. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so David, my celebrity crush, Jane Fonder. Okay, that's enough. Thank you, thank you, Evan. Is there anything that you've been able to see in this short amount of time that everything is and happening that has intrigued you so far in practices at camp? Well, it's just like I said, we've only had three practices, and it's been uh, 
we, I'm talking like I'm actually in practice, which would not be a good thing for anyone, especially me. No. But, um, um, you know, the first padded practice, I, I don't pay, I don't want to say I don't pay much attention to the others, but that's more just about conditioning, get your feet under. Um, when they get pads on, you can really start to tell a little bit more where the offensive and defensive linemen are, and and uh, you get a little better feel for things. I, I, I will say yesterday that, uh, and and he he flashed he flashed this during uh, OTAs as well, and, and some of the things we saw. Uh, Tony Pollard, the rookie, made a couple of really nice runs. I mean, he's got a he's got a gear that once he gets into open space. Uh, that makes it very difficult on defenders. And uh, he showed that a couple of times yesterday. Uh, that's intriguing. So, But, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that in the context of, oh, they have Tony Pollard here, don't worry about Ezekiel Elliott being out. Because any talk of Tony Pollard going into the season is a compliment to Ezekiel Elliott, not a replacement to Ezekiel Elliott. That's not in doubt. Yeah, and he certainly would be a compliment too, though, to Alfred Morris. I mean, that's what that's what they would be saying if 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 this holdout went into the season. Zeke Morris is a, uh, I mean, uh, Alfred Morris is a <laughs> Zeke Morris. Alfred Morris is a two-down back, and then they bring in Pollard, they bring in uh, somebody like that. Yeah, to, to, to do different things. Be a two-down back, and you alternate the right. You alternate the north-south pounder guy on first and second down, and then uh, Pollard and. Darius Jackson is an intriguing guy, but I will say he's been an intriguing guy in this league for a while, and he hasn't had the opportunity to do it in the regular season. Uh, so we'll see. But but uh, and and I mean he's looked fine so far early. But like I said, we're it, it, it's so early, and and yesterday is the first day in pads, so these guys haven't taken much of a pounding yet. So let's see how they look uh, ten days from now. Evan, is there anything else about the Cowboys you'd like to to talk about other than you know press conference questions? How to no, ask? Them? No, I just I I mean I think seriously sometimes like oh no you're it, not going to go back to the questions are you? I just feel like sometimes we overanalyze what people do looking for a laugh sometimes. I just feel that way. Okay. I don't know that there was. I don't know that there's a way that, that Jerry... Well, first of all, we didn't make that a national headline that Jerry laughed when someone asked that question. What? First of all, he didn't laugh. He cackled. He cackled. See? Jerry cackled. I think that's a difference. Uh, Evan, I think have, I we, have we got... Get a, the trade have we, let's, let's, get everybody, let's get everybody on record here. What do you say the Cowboys are going to be this year, Evan? You go first. I I think the last time I looked at this, I put them down for ten and six. Ten and six. And so you're saying a repeat of last year, ten and six. Yeah. All right, uh, David. What do you say? I'll go eleven five. I'm going with David. I'm saying eleven and five. I think I had. I'm I'm trying to remember. Last, going into last season, I either said ten and six or eleven and five. I believe I said eleven. We and five. say ten and six or eleven and five with this team every year. We do not. Yeah, I think we do. No, we do not. I, I, I think we do, and I think it does. I mean, I do ultimately do think it does come down to, as David said, I mean, the answer is you expect this team to go farther in yeah. the playoffs than they have sure. done. Um, I do think this team will get to the NFC Championship game. I'm going to say that. I'm gonna now that's, I mean, that's a bold statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I just think that this team – 
I, and I think it has more to do, I mean, people, and when I've written these types of things, people always will say, oh, gosh, you know, you're, why would you believe that? I say, well, because they got to the second round last year with a very young team. And, uh, and I think the fact that it is a young team getting better, more confident, they're adding talent uh, all the time. Uh, unless you count subtracting Zeke if he's not going to be with the team. I think the chances of his holdout going into the season are minimal. Uh, I think that the, that Jerry would want to get something done before that ever happened just because he does feel like this is going to be a, a shot at the Super Bowl. He's not getting any younger. Uh, Jerry is what, 76, 77? 77, I think. 77, I believe, yeah. 77. So, you know, he, he, he wants to get there, and he's not going to take any chances with anything. He's going to do all the right things right now. He's, you know, because look. He, he turns 77 in October. So, so he, he, right now it's not a big deal, the fact that Zeke is not there. You know, we saw what happened at the end of training camp last year when they held him out of games. Uh, you know, at some point, you know, he, he knows the offense. He knows what's going to do. Uh, I, my, my one concern about him missing training camp is because of the way he did look when he came off that suspension. And, David, you mentioned that. He was not in great shape. And it was obvious in, uh, when he came back, those first few games back, he did not look uh, very sharp. Uh, that, that would be my one concern about him missing any camp at this point. Uh, but, I've, but, but to me – I just don't feel like that Jerry has that kind of will. I don't think Jerry has the will to say, all right, you just sit out and we'll, and we'll see what happens. I think right now it's just a lot of posturing. I fully expect, but that's going to be my next ask around. Does, does Zeke miss any time? I say no. Does he, he miss any time? Does he miss what? any regular season? Any regular season games? Uh, I, I'm going to say no. David? I will say no right now with the right to reserve judgment because I believe – well, no, I believe that the, the, the danger of these things is I think it's by and large amicable right now as much as it can be amicable when a player has two years left on his contract and doesn't report uh, because, yeah, I think they, they the Cowboys do – they don't like him not being here, but they understand the dynamics behind why he's doing it now. All of that being said, the longer this goes on, I just think that that both sides are, you know, are more prone to make comments or do things that are going to inflame the other side, and uh, or that the other side will take as an affront. And, and I think what it started out is a basic, a basically, okay, this is just a, a difficult uh, decision right here, but but we're talking. Let's get to it. Uh, then emotions can get involved and it can prolong this thing. And, and I think, I think there's the potential here with that because uh, um, I, I think this organization feels that it's been uh, very strong in its support of Elliott through other issues, and they feel that this team is built to win now, and they're wondering why all of a sudden you're a major issue with two years left on your contract when other guys are coming here and playing. So, you know, I, I also don't think, look, I, it, it was already scheduled, but another message yesterday was, you know, Joel Siegel, who represents Amari Cooper, uh, was in camp and uh, met with Jerry and Stephen Jones and then went out to dinner with them afterwards. So that's clearly sending a message of, look, uh, you may think you have more leverage not being here, but, you know, we're talking to the guys who are here. Uh, you know, you can be here and we can still talk and we can still get this done. We told you we're going to get something done. So why aren't you working on it? Why did you take this tact? 
right now, I think it's posturing, but posturing becomes something else, I think, when you're 10 days, two weeks down the road and uh, some things are said that are getting under your skin. Well, well, yeah, I mean, all it takes is one misstep when you're posturing, and then all of a sudden you've got hurt feelings, and then hurt feelings becomes a standoff. Then you got bad posturing. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, a holdout now. It's not a standoff. There's, there's, there's right. a difference. So, right, and, but but all right. So if he, let's say he doesn't, let's say he doesn't come back until the end of training camp. All right, and we're going to wrap this up. But let's say he doesn't come back till the end of training camp, even if he's not available for that opener against the Giants here in Arlington. They're not going to lose that game, are they? Probably I don't not. Think so no, no, and, I don't think so either. And and again, you look at also even when he's been in shape and ready to go at the start of the season. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, look at this team's rushing numbers in the first two weeks of the season with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they haven't been good in any of the three seasons. Uh, or I, they've, been, they've been good by league-wide standards, but not by Elliott and Cowboys rushing standards. And that's not just Elliott. That's just, uh, I think that's on the offensive line, too, because you don't hit as much in training camp, and they want to preserve these guys through the season. They want them to be as, uh, as good as they can late in the season, not early in they just don't hit enough. They don't grind enough to be as dominant in the running game early in the season. Uh, this is a team that's built over the course of the season to do that. So, you know, I, I think, like I said, even when Elliott's here and they've been working on it, they have not gotten out of the gate as a good rushing team in any of the last three years. Uh, I certainly wouldn't expect that to be the case this year. And the bottom line is you will, you need him – you need him for after the. You really need him for after the bye week. That's when the schedule hits. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's sure. really tough a stretch, and and you're you're gonna need him for that showdown with the Rams in December. That's you, you know you want, and I'm not sitting here by any stretch saying well this holdout would last all season. But what I'm saying is, if he misses a game or two at the start of this season, I don't know that that's that that's going to impact the season terribly unless. It creates some kind of bad mojo in the locker room. Well, they missed. Emma sure. Smith and missed two games, out. and they lost both of them in 1993, and they went to the Super Bowl and won it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and make that comp, but I, I get your point. Yeah. But yeah, and the, and the running game is built for the long haul. It's not built for week one or week two per se. It is built for you to dominate and wear down teams over the course of the season. And so there's an expectation with that that it builds and it continues. So. Uh, that that's a little different dynamic to, to keep in mind as well what this team's mindset has been. All right, David, we appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been a pleasure for you, uh, and uh, it's certainly been a pleasure for me sitting here with Evan. I'm going to tell you something. I've learned something today about journalism that I did not know before, and I just want to say you that can thank Evan. I can thank Evan for that. And it's incumbent upon us, David Moore, to ask better questions and to get to the bottom of things and these press conferences, and take it a little easier on these people. Nobody said take it easier. I just said ask it with some nuance. And I'll, I'll be there when you, when the next time you come to me and say, uh, I don't know how to fill out my expense report. I knew that everyone was going to use that against me. <laughs> because there's, there's a button here that don't quite add up to me. Talk about that button. <laughs> I asked a very specific question of you yesterday. So what did I do? I was in the middle of writing a column. I FaceTimed Kevin, and I, like, showed him 
on the computer screen. Here's what you do, Kevin. And I waited for him to then not just like comprehend everything. I waited for him to actually punch in the actual numbers because that's the kind of guy that I am. He is. And here, here was my response. Uh. <laughs> it was a lot of mouth breathing. There was. It was kind of like it was kind of like SpongeBob talking to Patrick, and I and I was Patrick actually in that in that situation. But you know, Evan, I want to just say I think I heard Evan's feelings. I want to thank you for helping me on that yesterday. Even though you asked that terrible question of David about journalism, that was really big help to me yesterday. And you're the best. I just I. I just think sometimes we overanalyze what these guys say sometimes. It wasn't no wasn't analyze, it was laughing about the fact that you got your head coach sitting right next to you and you're laughing about his future. I I think sometimes we take that stuff too literally, but that's just me. Yeah, that's just you. David, uh thanks again. Make sure you nuance all your questions today. Uh and don't David, you do a good job asking questions, and you got good answers. I'm nothing if not nuanced. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I'm, you know I'm what? Nuanced, I just fade into the background. Oh no, not that's not possible. Well, when you got Clarence Hill there, you know it's always easy to kind of fall in the background when questions I can't start getting wait asked. Until I fade into the background. He's not exactly Mr. Nuance. Chill is not. Anyway. All right, uh, that'll do it for our uh, Cowboys podcast. That was David Moore out there in Oxnard. Uh, he's having a great time. Uh, better being out there than it is being here right now this time of year. Uh, and I'd uh, still rather be in Cabo. Would you rather be in Cabo with Zeke? Yeah. That would be a story, right? That'd if I was sick. hanging out with Zeke. You and Zeke. You know, I hung out with Zeke one time. You did? Where was that? Um, DFW. Uh, it was um, after the after the draft. Um, he was flying, I guess he was flying back to Columbus or wherever he was flying back to. And, um, I happened to be behind him when he was in line at whatever the Manchu walk or Chinese joint that was at DFW. And so you call that hanging out with him because you were behind him in line? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he looked at it that way too. He, I, he, I'm sure he tweeted. I've been hanging out here with Evan Grant. He fondly recall. I think it's on his Instagram page. Yeah, or something. All right, so Just that's me and Easy E. Yeah, so that's going to do it for our Cowboys podcast. Make sure you tune in on our Rangers podcast as well, in which Evan asked real journalism questions <laughs> in that one as well. We resolved nothing about the trade deadline, and I don't know that there is anything. That we can but so what? Go ahead and listen to it anyway. And we'll be back next week for another one. So yeah, that's I, it. No, I, but I'll be on the road. I'll, I'll be. I'll phone in. You're gonna phone in. I, I'm gonna phone it in. <laughs> why, why is that any different? Okay, everybody. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.